29 seconds left. Indiana's going to get out of here with a win tonight after they got stung early. One of the earliest timeouts you'll ever see by Mike Woodson when they were down 4 nothing and the place was up for grabs. The Hoosiers just steamrolled Illinois the rest of the game. Bates dribbles from one side to the other and gets called for a shot clock violation. 17th Indiana turnover doesn't matter. They've wow. been over 60% all this game and they're at 62% right now. Here comes Epps with three, with two, drives with one, shot too late, wouldn't go in anyway. And Indiana comes to Champaign and beats Illinois on their home court, 80 to 65. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. The Illini go down by 19 in the first half, 21 in the second half. They fall at home. The end of the win streak here tonight at the State Farm Center, 80-65, to 65, the Hoosiers over the fighting Illini. Welcome in, Fasteners Etc. postgame show here on News Talk, 1493.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Mike Latulip, Evan Kahn with you. Joey Wright helping us out behind the scenes. We want to hear from you, but first, our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Acid Management for over 45 years, striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients. Mike Latulip, you're tired. I'm tired. His team was pretty tired, and Trace Jackson Davis had himself a day. All the above. <laughs> All the above, Evan. Look, when in this league, you, you got to remember something. Especially when you start getting and stuff starts to materialize a little bit, and you get seven games, you get whatever, a third of the way into the Big Ten season, you're likely playing one of two teams. A team that's rolling or a team that desperately needs a win. And if you can't match that desperation night in and night out and train yourself as a team to not come in and say, ah, this is two and four Indiana or whoever, three and four Indiana, whatever they are, or this is, we got two and two and five Ohio State coming in, we can give this amount of effort, right? Or we got to get up because we got Purdue tonight. We can't, like, you have to train yourself to give consistent effort. And like, you know, effort, it's, it was a mental effort tonight. You know, I thought there was some good physical effort, um, but you're missing layups, you're missing free throws. And, you know, Brad Underwood talks about the, the 19 days straight. Uh, you know, I, I've, I, I've, I've been there. It's, it can wear on you. And I had this game circled because this was the end of it, right? This was the end of this, and when he says 19 days straight, that doesn't sound like a lot. But when you have six games, and usually, you know, when I was when I was there, the way the Big Ten schedule broke out was, you know, you had usually a game, and then we either labeled it a two-day prep or a three-day prep or a four-day prep, depending on when we played them next. And then you had kind of these buys in between. Very rarely do you get six two-day preps in a row. That's unheard of. But you got to understand, you come into this game, you're like, man, we just won four in a row. Let's, let's cap it Finish off it. tonight. We're going to be able to rest all weekend. We get Friday, we get Saturday off. Let's leave it all out there tonight. And this was a night that, you know, this would have been a big win because Michigan State gains one. Rutgers drops one. Michigan drops one. Like this was, 
this was right there. You still got a lot of, I don't know if Purdue's going to give you a lot of opportunities, but yeah, I mean, you wanted to just see them try to lay it all out there tonight and we'll get into all the X's and O's and, and such, but man, it gets exhausting watching those types of games because you're like, all right, it's 15. And if they get it down to it, you start just doing the math and it typically doesn't work out well. They gave it a, a couple of runs in there, but uh, the 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 biggest headaches, free throws, layups, you make half of those that, that were missed, and this thing might be a, a little closer, and that comes down to just mental execution and, and, and just being being ready to, to get it done. They jumped out 4 nothing. Indiana went on a 12-0 run, and they never looked back. They get the win here, ending Illinois' win streak 80-65. to That's our rapid reaction. We want to hear from you. Give us a call on the fan line, 217-356-9397, or text the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Fasteners, et cetera, postgame show starts next. Have you ever done psychedelics, Lauren? <laughs> The following program is an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS, along with Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS, Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-9397. Five three five seven. Now, your hosts for the Fasters Etc. Postgame Show, Evan Kahn and Mike LaTulip. Galloway jump stop in the lane, bad pass. Intercepted by Sincere Harris to the other end for the layup. Sincere Harris with a little thievery out there. It was a fast start for the Illini. Two minutes in, you, you, you thought you were headed to 5-0, and but uh, the rest of the game did not play out as such. Indiana, Indiana turned over the ball quite a bit, but the Illini not able to capitalize enough on the other end or really execute on defense, and they lose to Indiana. Fasteners, etc. cetera, post-game show. Michael Tulip, Evan Kahn with you. You heard the numbers there from Gene. 217-356-9397 is our fan line if you want to call in or text the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. We will get to the text messages, but we'll start by opening up the fan line. We go out to Virginia, where it's almost tomorrow. Already... Crying in the cornflakes. Are we out there in Virginia, Simeon? Give me a chance to wipe my tears and milk <laughs> off my mouth. It, I uh, I don't know. I got a hodgepodge of ideas today, guys. Um, first, I tell Coach Frazier, I, I know he was well-intentioned, but that tweet that he put out <laughs> there, I think that was uh, locker room material for Indiana. Um, but I was real surprised at how much we got pushed around. Uh, 
by Indiana. They were just more physical. They pushed us all around. In uh, in initiating our offense, we were they pushed they pushed us back several feet to initiate our offense. And doing our um, doing our four game winning streak, what was happening is we were getting into the paint, and then we were able to kick out the ball and uh, and keep the ball moving. Um, but they were pushing us uh, way out. We never kind of got that flow. And uh, we ended up kind of getting stagnant um, because they were pushing us out several feet. Um, the other thing is I was wondering um, when they went into halftime, I was wondering where they uh, were we going to make an adjustment where we were going to double team Davis, uh, you know, make a – we did a little bit of it, but just say, okay, uh, we're going to – uh, you know, uh, go harder at him. But then the, I guess the other thought would have been too is, um, Davis, you're going to have to beat us and we're going to shut down every uh, everyone else. Um, Stephen Bartle just started doing a thing called Bartle's Breakdowns, and I, um, I watched it, and almost everything that he had said that Indiana was capable of doing, I saw happen tonight. So, um, you know, he's a – or former Illini, I guess he was just being honest with us, but, you know, his analysis uh, to my uh, disappointment turned out to be uh, so. And uh, one last thing, um, I had heard, you know, everybody talking about uh, Kofi moving on and having a team with a lot of uh, – a a team with a lot of – I can't think of the term now – uh, positionless basketball kind of team, but uh, Kofi was usually would usually blow out Trace's light whenever we played them. I guess for the exception of that uh, that uh, one uh, at the end of the year last year. So, uh, but anyway, those are my thoughts. They're all over the place. Of course, I was disappointed, but uh, hopefully we will get some uh, rest. Um, Meyer uh, feel better and. Uh, We'll have to come out and play like what Mike said uh, um, real hard against another team that needs a win on Tuesday. And uh, let me hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, there's a a lot to unpack after this one, so understand that. Appreciate your your call, as always, Simeon. And, and Mike, I I don't know where you want to start there. Yeah, a lot of of directions we could go in. Look, with with Jackson Davis – it looked like the game plan, and and I and I love Dane Danger defensively. I think he's particularly really really good in drop coverage. Now, Indiana didn't run a ton of ball screens tonight because they said, "Hey, we're just going to throw it at to seventeen feet and have Trace Jackson Davis go to work." Now, the times that Dane made it hard on him was when he was able to get around three quarters, get his hand on the ball, push him out to twenty two feet. And then at least when you do that, you allow the help um, to come over. But the help wasn't coming over. And and uh, you're guarding Miller Cop, you're guarding Trey Galloway, and you get so assignment conscious that you say, okay, I can't leave the shooter. But that's what they do. Like, they're going to put Miller Cop ball side because they know you're not going to stunt off of Miller Cop. And... What you have to do is just trust that if you do go stunt and he kicks it out, you're at least going to either recover or have a guy rotate. And and that, to me, is how this thing should have played out tonight. I, I know Underwood said after the game that 
Trace Jackson Davis's 35 points wasn't what beat them. It was. It was. Because you let a guy like that put that big of an imprint on the game offensively, he already does it defensively. So now you're letting it impact both sides of the floor. And I thought their physicality defensively, you know, picture how inverted the floor got, right? In You know, the uh, Illinois' offense gets pushed out to 25 feet, whereas Indiana's offense is, like, right by the rim. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, too. This is my last point on Trace Jackson Davis and really how they structure this Indiana offense is we're going to have shooters closest to Davis. So if you want to come and stunt, you got to stunt off of shooters. And then Jordan Geronimo, the one guy who's shooting 20% from three, we're just going to have him roving underneath the basket. So if you want to send a big guy, if you want to send a double, you know, if you want to send over help or come over and block shots, we got to dump off to that to a really athletic guy that can finish around the rim. So they structure it well. But I just think that tonight, you all right, you may not trap fine, but stunting like Dane's a good defender, but there's no one in this league that guards that dude one on one. Trace Jackson Davis. And then two, like, you got to make free throws, you got to make layups. I, I mean, I don't, we can talk about scheme and all that, but the the mental focus just mm-hmm. was not there tonight. And I know it's been attributed to a lot of different things, but I also think Indiana imposed their will. When they when Illinois went up 4 nothing. you weren't like, oh, God, these guys look tired. It's They got punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, you know what? Let's get them on Tuesday. So now you got an Ohio State team that, shoot, this is kind of their season on Tuesday. They're two and five. They go to two and six. It's it's real, real trouble. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a talented group. That's a bunch of transfers. That's a bunch of freshmen, just like Illinois. So just like Illinois turned it around these past couple of weeks, this could be the start for Ohio State. And you don't want that to happen at the crib. So yeah, lot to unpack, but for Trace Jackson Davis specifically, it's just I I don't know I don't know how you can go that long in the game. Just just head up on him one-on-one it's tough that's put that's asking a lot of dane danger and they yeah and they they tried throwing other bodies at him and and nothing helped ty rogers got a little bit in the first half coleman hawkins was getting beat up down there as well they just didn't have anybody that i think that's the that's the downfall to that and that's what i've been saying for months and again we don't need to get to purdue because purdue pretty much has the big 10 now but like that was my idea against Zach Eady it's like don't let all the other guys beat you but if you can't even slow down Eady or slow down Trace Jackson Davis then it doesn't it doesn't matter well I'll say this too two very important things here okay the first thing is and I've mentioned on the show before basketball is a game of deception it is that's what it's made on that's why you backdoor cut that's why you draw up this play because we want them to think we're doing this and we're going to do like if you are giving trace jackson davis a steady diet you're going to get killed mm-hmm. like he is going to kill you like at least when he catches the ball have him think is a trap coming are they stunning what are they doing and that processing that he has to does that's not just like oh i'm going to get to my right shoulder and left hook you at least get him thinking a little bit and, and that's you know like that's that's kind of part of it so yeah i man i'm delirious right now just just thinking about it because it's, it's it was like a slow death tonight when they got up whatever it was i think 
eighteen to seven, it was like, oh man, this is gonna be it's gonna be one of those. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was a slow burn in the loss tonight for the Illini. Back to the fan line we go. Finney is I believe coming back from the game. So uh, what were your thoughts from the stands? Hey, so uh, driving back to Springfield with Madonia, but let me tell you, uh, I was extremely impressed by the crowd. For the first four or five minutes of the game, the crowd was ready to, to explode. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, you know, I don't want to hear about tired. Last week, we were at the Michigan State game. Michigan State played us tough. They had tough kids that were playing hard on, on, on more games in, in uh, the same amount of days. Uh, so... I just thought we got a little bit exposed tonight as, as being soft. I didn't like being – we played way too soft, especially on defense. But Mike just took most of my call away. You've got to, you got to adjust. And simply, you know, we got it to 10 points at halftime. If we come out and, like Mike said, if we, we send the double now and then, now Jackson Davis has to think, are they doubling us? If, you know, who do I have to pass – you know, you got to make them think, and, and we had no adjustment in halftime. Love coach, but coach, this one was on coach. We 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 got it to ten at halftime. You're in the game. You make some adjustments. You 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 make them think twice. We didn't make them do it. I also want to give some props. I mean, I thought Harris played a hard game, a tough game, and and he was one of the few guys that didn't fold like a a cheap suit tonight. You know, Harris was tough. The second thing I'm going to say, and I say this every time I call in to you guys, Dane Danger can stop runs, and we never go establish him in the post. The few times we got it to him in the post, he made good things happen. Why we're not running plays to him when a run gets started against us, I have no idea, but we have to establish Dane Danger in the paint. Oops, sorry about that. Yeah, no, I think that's... That's fair. I mean, he, he kind of kept things – he kept them in it in, in the first half. I think he had three consecutive buckets, and then he kind of did the same in the second half. The issue, you know, defensively, you talked about it with Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll say this. When you when, Whenever I look at a box score in the first half and a team's maybe winning by 10 and they've shot 65%, 66% from the field. I think that. 66, 66% from three – you, you typically can expect some regression, right? You're not going to get any regression if it's right around the rim. You're not. Like, if that's just going to continue, you're not climbing back into that game yeah. unless you switch things up. So I know that you want to rely on your guys and, hey, this is what we game plan for, but sometimes you got to throw that out the window and say, hey, how can we win these next four minutes? And can we rely on Trace Jackson Davis if we do send a double or at least make him think a double's coming? rely on him becoming a facilitator and great. You know, if they're going to beat you with Miller cop and Trey Galloway hitting threes, fine, but to just go head up. I, I didn't, I didn't really understand that. And, and you're right. I mean, it, this isn't, I, this was the first game. I, I got to go back and, and fact check this because I have it. I have it right in front of me here, but this to me was the first game really, really all year. If you go all the way down the list, 
right? Really, no one in the non-conference. Like, Bona from UCLA wasn't like a traditional, we're going to throw it into you big. Virginia didn't have it. Syracuse didn't have it. Maryland, Texas, Penn State, Missouri, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan State, Minnesota. Literally, tonight was the first night where you faced a legitimate post-threat, which is crazy to think going this far into the season. But, I mean, now you at least know that when you play the Hunter Dickinsons of the world and the Zach Eadies of the world coming up, you got some film now that you that you probably can't go just head up three quarters. Like, something's got to change. And you get another shot at Indiana as well. But you, you haven't played you know, I, I said it, right? You ha- you're going to play Trace Jackson Davis again. You're going to play Zach Eady. You're going to play Hunter Dickinson. Um, and then you're also going to play Cliff Amore from, from Rutgers. And those are all challenges for Dane Danger, who has been solid defensively. But he, he's, yeah. he's got to be lights made, out against those guys if, if, he's, if they're going to be playing single that. coverage. And, and I think that's a lot to ask of him. Yeah, we made Jackson Davis look like an All-American. He's a good player, but you got to make him think, and we, we didn't make him think at all. Um, and, and, you know, giving up 70% shooting on the game, that's on us. That's not, you know, they're a decent team, but they, there's no, no chance we do that. I mean, you got to play with some uh, – first of all, that's our home court. Play like it's your home court. Nobody comes in and does that to us. We allowed it. I'm, I'm disgusted. Amen. Yeah, yeah, and look, too, there's – Sometimes when a guy has 35, there's times where you just are like, hey, man, I got to tip my cap. There's nothing we can do. Tonight felt like there was something you could do. <laughs> it, it just it looked way too easy, way too easy. And there was just there was no resistance. There was no guys were on islands defensively, not only just on the ball, but off the ball. The guys were glued to their guys like, hey, I'm not letting my guy score. The ball scores. So, I mean, I, I feel like I'm belaboring the point, but. You know, there was just a lot there that just looked way too easy for Indiana, but but Trace, Trace Jackson Davis specifically. Thanks for the call, Finney. We'll see what other thoughts we have coming in here on the fan line as they light up. Mark's or Scott is in Bloomington. What do you got, Scott? Hey, it's Scott from Bloomington, but not that other Bloomington. Uh, <laughs> Good call. Par- pardon my voice. I'm on my way back from the game. Um, it was a fun atmosphere. But, you know, I, the, the other caller kind of talked about it. It was just – it was disappointing. Like, we didn't, we didn't defend the, the, the paint. Everything was easy for them. Um, I don't know how many threes they ended up taking, but it was single digits, i got to believe. Nine. And uh, nine, yeah. So, between not making them take shots that were – difficult and then us missing bunnies and free throws it was just it was kind of a a, I guess a perfect storm I mean Trace Jackson Davis he's a good player like the other guy said he's not an all-american but he's a good player but we made him look like an all-american with 35 so um you know next next game at least we're we're 500 Indiana's still below 500 um I don't know. I, optimistic still. The, the Big Ten title is out of the question, I think, with Purdue, the way they're rolling. But uh, just got to keep working for that double bye. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Dane, I, I don't know why we didn't double 
TJD. It it seemed like I mean as as long as Dane is, we didn't we didn't effectively defend him, and we didn't make anyone else beat him. So I don't know, Mike, if if you've got any thoughts on what we could have done differently to try and you know make it make somebody else beat us. I don't know. Yeah, no, I look, I think going back to what Underwood said after the game where it's like, hey, it wasn't his 35 points that beat us, but he did beat you because everything that Jordan Geronimo got was based off of Trace Jackson Davis. Davis. It was single coverage and then you're late rotating over and they got they got Jordan Geronimo in that dunker spot or on the short or in the short corner on the baseline. And he knows exactly where to go to him because that's where he's roaming. So all of that's off of Trace Jackson Davis. So, yeah, like, I look, I think as much as this one stung, and I think as coaches, you always you know need to probably have stuff on film. I think revision, like, you look back, like, revisionist history, be like, man, we should have done this, we should have done that. At least now you know. Now, if they come into, like, Hunter Dickinson or Trace Jackson Davis in Bloomington and you see the same thing, that's a problem. Like at least now you take your eight games into the to the conference season. You this is the just the cusp of the talented bigs that you're going to play in this league, and you hope that things change and you have at least some sort of different type of formula. That's what I'll be fascinated to see when they when they roll back into Bloomington in a couple of weeks, what that looks like and how they combat it. Because I I got to imagine whatever it looks like, you're gonna it's gonna be tougher. I, I don't know how it could be less tough on on TJD tonight, um, or or let or more easy for him, but there, something has to change. And I think they they think the world of Dane Danger as a, as a defender. Um, he's good. He's really good. But there's a reason why even the really good defenders in this league do not go in there one on one with him. They just don't. So yeah, I mean, some something's got to change when you're going up against those guys. I think everybody had a, a lot of confidence in Dane Danger off the, the last few games, and the activity around him was also better the last few games. It's the, the confluence of events that came to a head. And, guys, don't get it twisted. Trace Jackson Davis is averaging 17, 10, and 3. Like, okay, he might not be a first-team All-American, but he's probably, a second, he's probably a second-team All-American. Like, he, he's pretty he's, he's he's pretty good he's, he's he's not bad so we'll just we'll just stop that kind of slander real quick okay more calls coming in mark is here in urbana hey mark hey guys it's always a pleasure talking to you um um i just wanted to to uh say that concerns about our guard play it's the youth that are doing um look like we're starting our offense too far out that um, it's just it's just causing a problem, and uh, hopefully that um, you know uh, Epps and Harris will play a little bit better. But the hit at the guard or the lack of a point guard is 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 so tonight to me. So I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, you think Indiana was clearly the the more physical team tonight. Yeah, I mean you see how that shift happens, right? Go tonight's offense looked a lot like the offense at Northwestern where everything was initiated from 25, 26 feet. 
And I, I've talked about it before that six feet of, you know, that you get pushed out, right. From you want to start your offense around the, around the three point arc, right. 21 feet, 22 feet, you get pushed out to 26, 27 feet, that five to six feet of spacing throws off all your timing, throws off all your, what you want to execute. Cause that's not how you run it in practice. Like you run it in practice, getting to the spot that you want to get to. And honestly, that's something they did well against Minnesota. When mm-hmm. I did my film breakdown this past week, there was one play in, in particular where Coleman Hawkins is running out to the top of the key and he stops at the free throw line to lower his shoulder into his guy to create the space to catch it right where he wants to catch it. And tonight, I mean, there was just, man, they there was no resistance. I mean, they just blew it up and and said, hey, we're, you know, you're, you're going to get pushed out. And that hurts a Matthew Meyer. I know he was under the weather tonight from, from what we hear, but that hurts him because there's there's less of a condensed floor for him to attack gaps, and now everyone's spread out, so guys can actually get in the gaps more. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the point guard problem, they're going to have to do it by committee. I think Epps has taken steps forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Terrence has taken on that a little bit, but you could see Terrence in the second half that was like, all right, whatever, I got it. Yeah. Let's, let's figure it out. And it's just – it's high ball screen, crossover, crossover, cross, and, like, you just – you can't get anything with substance going. So they were going to have to make shots and climb back into that uh, with very unorthodox, out-of-rhythm shots, and you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't, especially if you're not generating turnovers that lead to buckets. Like You're, you're not going to be able to come back into a game with just one pass, no pass, threes. It's just, it just doesn't work that way. Matthew Meyer only six minutes in the second half. Yeah, he wasn't guard. I mean, I know he was under the weather. He wasn't guarding anybody. Mm. So I know, like, there. Were, I saw some people on Twitter, people talking, like, "How are you trying to climb back into a game and score points, and you don't have Matthew Meyer in?" And it's like, "Hey, you can't climb back into the game if you don't get stops." And he didn't want to guard anybody tonight. So, you know, and this is the point that I always make too: is whenever I say that, <laughs> this is always a fun exercise. Whenever I say that a team went on a ten zero run or a twelve zero run, what side of the ball do we always think of? Offense. You think of offense, but it's actually defense because if you're not getting the stops, there is no run, mm. right? Like no one, no one says like, oh, they, they've gone on a 10-8 run. <laughs> no one says that. It's when you're getting the stops. So we talk about offense a lot, but it really all comes back to defense. What so always comes back to. So Matthew Meyer, maybe it was him being under the weather that led to him not really being that inspired on the defensive end tonight, but if you're going to climb back in that game, it's going to be stops. And he just, he wasn't offering that tonight. Not inspiring rebounding from the Illini either. Only 13 defensive rebounds. Granted, Indiana didn't miss a whole lot of shots. Uh, yeah, not, not many opportunities there. But Indiana did grab nine offensive rebounds. So you're looking at like a, a 40% offensive rebound rate. That, that can't be good. One more call before we pick out our much not anticipated MX electrifying player of the game. We'll give it to Tyler, who is leaving the game. What are your thoughts, Tyler? Hey, guys. How's it going? Do a wonderful job, as always. Uh, leaving Champaign and heading back to T-Town, home of the shoes, where I'm from. Um, I just wanted to, first of all, I wanted to ask Mike, um, have we ever missed that many free throws in one game ever? <laughs> um, 14 free throws. I'm sitting on the sidelines, and of course, I, I talked to Underwood after the game, and I have never in my entire life of watching the Illinois basketball seen them miss that many, maybe five or six at the most, but not 14 free throws. Like, that's, un- that's, that's just ridiculous. And um, I can understand high school kids 
I mean, you should shoot seventy percent from the line no matter what. But college kids, I mean, how many free throws are they shooting in practice? <laughs> um, guys, guys, I, guys, 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 guys. I know we think a lot has gone by the wayside, but I can promise you they practice free throws. Okay, it's not something that's been written out of the syllabus. They practice free throws. Okay. <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah, I'm just like. I, I, you're not. I, I, you're I, not I, the I, only I, one, Tyler. I've got a couple of texts here. We were going to get to that eventually. Well, I'll, no, hey, I, I'll, I understand I'll, that. Yeah, I'll butt in here. I'll butt in here because no, you're good. Yeah, the, the free throw element of this. The first thing people say is, "Are you? You know, are you practicing your free throws?" I'm telling you right now that it is unbelievable how mental free throws are. And yep. I'll say this. And this is maybe a story that I've told on these airwaves before. Um, I think it was back in 2013 or 2012, whenever Dwight Howard played for the Lakers. And I apologize if I've said this story before. I, I don't think I've heard this one. But there were media members that walked into practice. And on this whiteboard, there was a running total of free throws in practice. If you guys, If you guys remember, Dwight Howard was not a particularly good free throw shooter. In fact, for his career, he was 56%, <laughs> which is which is not wow. good. But these media members walked into practice and they look at the board. And at that point in the season, they had shot about 1,300 free throws uh, in practice. Each guy individually had shot 1,300 free throws. Dwight Howard was at 89%. So there's probably some guys that do it in practice. And for whatever reason, what you have to do is say to yourself, and this is like, this is as a shooter, like this is what you have to think. If you have any trepidation, if you have any sort of doubt, the second you get fouled, you're screwed. You're screwed. Like you have to convince yourself, lie to yourself even, and be like, the second you get fouled, be like, that sucks for you guys because it's two points. Like you, you messed that's up. That's two points. Be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like that's and that's that's what I'm saying. Like we did every when I was there, we did a free throw ladder. We did this. We did that. We did contests. We did this, like pressure situations and every every breakdown drill we did started with a free throw, ended with a free throw, and at some point it's on these guys to be like, I I, I am putting in the work. Now the second step is trusting that mm-hmm. work. That's yeah, that's I, the I next agree, step. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, 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 I always like to butt in on the free throw stuff because it's <laughs> man, it is. No, you're you're, it is you're good. So yeah, mental. I I like that I like that side of what you said because you're right. It, it, a lot of it's mental, but I the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, so I was talking to Coach Underwood in the post game, and uh, the one thing that caught my eye was okay, he he mentioned how and he's not wrong. I mean, 35 points is going to beat you a lot, but the the Geronimo um, with with he had. He executed well, but with Trace Jackson having five assists, that hurts you too. Um, and 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 when you don't double team somebody, I mean it's tough. I mean, you know, like you said, Meyer was like Coach Underwood said, Meyer was not feeling well. Um, that 19 games or 19 days in a row can weigh on a team. Um, but in my opinion, this team's gonna be fine. Um, I, I'm not a negative guy. I'm a positive guy. I like to bring out the positive, and no matter what happens. They'll figure it out because 
they have to figure it out. It's Big Ten play. It's, it's one game at a time, but you have to play no matter what no, no matter what team it is. If they're the worst team in the league, they can still give you a game, and you got to play the best you can day in, day in and day out. So that's my part. I'm a, the, the positive part is we will get through this, and they're going to have ups and downs. But let them – they'll get through it, and we will be just fine, and let's, let's take care of business from here on out. Sounds like a plan. Hey, appreciate the call, Tyler. Thank you. You can ring us in as well, 217-356-9397. Joey, I think we got you to your call quota here in the first segment, so let's pick out an MX Electrifying player of the game. MX Electric wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial needs. Call 217-359-7293 to schedule your project, and remember, relax, call Max. No hesitation here. The guy who goes off for 35 and 9 and 5 assists and 3 blocks, I believe, in there as well. Trace Jackson Davis played uh, one of the games of his life, and and he's going to get our MX Electrifying Player of the Game. I I don't think you you got much debate there, Mike. (laughs) No. No. That's Scott Scott had one vote. That's who it is. For Miller Cop, and that's why we don't bring him on the post game show anymore. I'm just kidding. I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. And the, and if and if you're watching this game, if you go back and watch the film, if you're these uh, you know these Illinois players, you'll go back and watch the film. And if I don't know if they'll show certain parts of the game, but if I was on that staff, I would show one particular part, and it was the whole entire team when Miller Cop checked out of the game, they were making a zero sign with their hand. They were saying zero to cop, zero to cop. And he's high-fiving everybody. He's high-fiving everybody. And I, I'm i not Sherlock Holmes, but my guess is that Miller Cop, his assignment was Matthew Meyer because he was guarding Matthew Meyer. So they're high-fiving him. He's yelling zero. He's pumping his chest. It's because he held Matthew Meyer to zero points. And that clearly meant something to him. And everybody can talk rivalry and, oh, like this and that. And there's so much player movement in basketball today. I'm not sure if anybody can truly say, like, you, any of these freshmen or transfers that come in, if they look you dead in the face, they're like, oh, man, I just, with a passion, I hate Indiana. And you'd be like, that's what? <laughs> like, I, I get it's like, as fans, we're, it's ingrained in us because we're here every year. Right. Like we've been through it. We're talking crap to our buddies in the office who are (laughs) IU grad. Like you live that, but some of the players don't. So it's like you almost have to go through it to be able to really adopt that. And Miller Cop, I mean, this is this is how it starts. Like if I'm Matthew Meyer and I'm sitting there, I'm like, hell no. Like this is not happening next game. Like you're not you're not parading around doing the zero thing. So you I think I was waiting for an avenue for you to mention Miller Cop. I had to mention (laughs) it there because shoot. Rivalry or not, like that meant something to him. That meant something to him. So, uh, I'll 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 finish by saying TJD is the player of the game, but that's a Miller Cop sidebar there. Yeah, you're not wrong. Look at that. I mean, may, maybe we will bring back Scott. He 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 sometimes leads us to good conversation like that, and we will give Trace Jackson Davis our MX electrifying player of the game. Here is Trace Jackson Davis, right of the lane, spin move, and a slam dunk with a left hand. And he glares at the crush as he runs up court. We can't stop him. Plenty of bulletin board material for this one. Indiana wins 80-65. Well, well, 
News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock, 97.5 WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. We got to catch up on some texts and get some breaks in here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Rebound, Danger, took it away from his old man Myers. Spin move, up and under and in for Dane Danger. Looking for Danger inside, spin move, up and in. Oh, the great footwork. And you've been saying it all day, it's there if we'll take it. Dane Danger had a couple of spurts on offense where he hit some buckets, but they were too infrequent. He finishes with nine points and eight rebounds. Did get three steals on the defensive end and a block in there, but the Illini lose to Indiana. Win streak ends at four. Can't quite get to that five-game win streak quite yet this year. Fasters, etc. Postgame show. Michael Tulip, Evan Kahn with you. Joey Wright helping us behind the scenes. Let's check out What's going on on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357, if you want to weigh in some thoughts there. And uh, we we hit a a lot of this in the the calls that we've had here. Uh, Larry, hopefully you you heard the fan line number, 217-356-9397, if you want to call in. Um, But I I guess I I should have condensed some of these texts. Dane, I... Not getting him the ball comes back to not running much of anything on offense, right? They they weren't working it to him. It was a lot of the – because since he's not a guard, somebody's got to get him the ball, and if they're not getting it to him, he can't really do a whole lot there. Yeah, I think in the same way that you don't want to give Trace Jackson Davis a steady diet offensively, you also don't want to give him a steady diet defensively. There's a reason why he leads the league in blocks, and I think they were – selective with with how they threw it into him but look if you're going to be a team that's going to rely on throwing it in constantly especially when you're trying to claw back into a game that's tough and it's mm-hmm. a reason why even when Kofi was here the past couple of years this wasn't a team that was built to have crazy comes comebacks the one time that they did and almost won the game against Ohio State last year Kofi fouled out with like eight minutes left and they put Coleman at the five spread it out and just that was their way to get back into it and look that's it's it's never going to be perfect but you have to understand that when you're down that is the time to trust your execution even more trust your spread offense trust those principles right because it's so easy to abandon that and just do what's easy what's easy is to call for a high ball screen dance up top shoot a three hope it goes in because at that point in your mind you're playing with house money you're like all right well whatever if it doesn't go in we're already down and if it does go in, cool. We'll try to climb back into it. I mean, they took they took a couple threes. I mean, three of the threes they hit in the second half that kind of started to claw them back into it were horrendous shots. Um, I mean, Coleman took the one off, literally dribbled the ball before and just took a three. Uh, I think that was when it was 57-38. Or what, I don't know what the score was at the time, but it cut it to 16. And then Terrence had a couple that were just kind of dancing and, and, and shooting it. And um, But credit... Indiana like I mean they 
they made it really difficult. Even when Matt Meyer was trying to get clean looks off, he couldn't. Um, so they were diligent on that end. But with Dane, I get it. Uh, I mean, I understand it. It worked with Kofi. Uh, it led to championships with Kofi. Uh, but there's certain game scripts where that's not going to work. Um, it works when you have a lead. And, you, I mean, you see what Indiana did. <laughs> uh, they they had the lead and what they keep doing just keep going back to the well let's not li- let's literally not run anything other than throwing it to trace jackson davis at 17 feet and y- you can kind of start to bend and break a- as a defense where you know if you're down da- if you're if it's an 18 point game you get into the post that's i don't know i think i feel like if you're a defense you're kind of like all right yeah, cool well this is the the best case scenario is that you make a basket here because even if we foul you you're 48 percent free throw shooter so that's the other problem too and Kofi was a little bit better not a whole lot better but there's times where Dane's getting fouled and although it brings them closer to the bonus or the double bonus it's you know it can almost be as good as a turnover um because he's missing two free throws Mm -hmm. um at at a at a pretty high clip so yeah I I mean he's but he's only going to continue to get better I'll, I'll end by saying that and on both ends um the one thing I will say is that a guy that only played three games at Baylor and is in his, whatever this is, 19th game. Mm-hmm. Is it really 19 games already this season? Yeah. Um, that's a lot of trust that he's already garnered from this staff. Trust to say, hey, we got you going single coverage head up on one of the best bigs in the country. And trust where, hey, we're going to alter our offensive scheme and put you in there and, and you know, focus on you more, make you more of a focal point. Um, that says a lot. So I think he's, you know, he, he's going to continue to improve and, um, but it's all going to be come down to game scripts. And I'm not sure tonight was the game script where you just feed him constantly. Uh, texters from across the U S not happy with this one, two one seven texters, three Oh nine texters, six one eight texters, eight Oh one. I don't even know where that is. Probably Chicago or something like that. Everybody disappointed in the Illini's effort here tonight. 217 texts are wondering where the party was that they weren't invited to last night. Probably a little too old for those parties there, Guy. Um, uh, another texter says that apparently Maryland's coach was pointing out that the schedule has been a wreck, and I <laughs> it's not going to get any prettier now that Northwestern's had to postpone two games. Uh, good luck for any of them. As soon yeah. as I saw that, I checked the schedule, and <laughs> the Northwestern doesn't come back up till the end of February. So we'll be okay, but we'll, we'll see what happens for the rest of the Big Ten. That's not going to be any fun. Um, well, imagine what's going to happen when USC and UCLA are in here. Well, hopefully right. we're just done with COVID pauses. Yeah, well, I mean, now you're going to, what, the Big Ten goes to 16 teams? I don't mm-hmm. know if you keep it at 20 games, but if you go any higher, now those windows are going to get shorter. You're going to have less non-conference games. And then on top of that, too, you're talking about, think about Maryland or Rutgers, right? It's like if you condense the schedule, oh, not only that, you got to go travel out to California and then back. <laughs> or yeah, I'm assuming they'll do like a travel partner type thing while – you know, you'll probably play USC and Playing UCLA both, yeah. while you're out there. And USC and UCLA will probably knock off two games on one road trip. But shoot, that enter that that throws another interesting wrinkle into all this when you're when you're not only condensing the schedule, but the travel is 
even further and, and wider and more vast across the country. So it'll be interesting to see how this conference alignment continues to to play out and if they add anybody else. Uh, all kinds of defensive ideas against Trace Jackson Davis. We've got double teams. We've got zones. Um, little bit of anything. People looking for for something else. But Jackson Davis goes for thirty five, and the Illini get the win. We've got more thoughts. You can call us or you can text us if you still got ideas about this one. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. But we didn't run anything. And when we don't run anything, it doesn't help our defense. And, I mean, we were as, as assignment, un, assignment unsound as we've been uh, in a while. And, uh, you know, I'm not worried about Trace's points. Right. You know, his 35 weren't going to beat us. But it was the, it was the, the Geronimo's and, yeah. and, and just the, the other guys. I mean, we held them to three threes. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, now – Dane's got a lot of lessons learned because I watched him twice, three-quarter him in front of him and not let him catch it mm-hmm. and, uh, and caused him problems. And then when, we, when he sat behind, it's just uh, – it, it was way, way too easy. But uh, uh, we'll get that cleaned up. Uh, but uh, you can't miss uh, – what did we miss, 14 free throws? Yeah, mm-hmm. 14 free throws. We miss, we miss Nine four, for 23. We missed 14 free throws and 13 layups. Yeah. And uh, I don't care who you play, um, you're not going to win. And when you when the other team has one of the best players in your league, you're not going to win. And uh, we just we played like a team that mentally wasn't very tough, and we weren't tonight. Illinois did not have the edge here tonight at the State Farm Center. End of a win streak, 80-65, to 65, the Hoosiers over the Fighting Illini. Back on the Fasteners, etc. post-game show with Evan and Mike. Joey Wright is here as well. He's going to be in. We'll look at the scoreboard because, yeah, if Illinois would have won this game, they, they would have been in second place and, and things would, would have looked a, a lot different. But now it's kind of as we thought it would be it's Purdue and the rest of the field and the rest of the field's going to duke it out and see who can put together a, a solid stretch here over the the last two months and, and see if they can make a deep run in, in March Madness so uh and a lot of lessons to be learned from this one for the Illini as they start getting into the big guys of the Big Ten play yeah I mean look at Purdue uh I think I've mentioned on the show before. It feels like they played Nebraska or Minnesota. <laughs> this is it. This is it. They can't. Um, they can't possibly play them anymore. They can't. They've already played both of them twice. So <laughs> only twice. <laughs> yeah. So, but look, I think this is an important stretch. I mean, you look at Maryland gets a win at Michigan tonight. Purdue's got them next. They go Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Indiana, Iowa. So from now until the ninth of February to me, that's, that's, that's where the league is won or lost for them. Um, they can lock it up about a month before the big 10 race ends. They can absolutely lock it up. Cause I think the rest of these teams are going to kind of cannibalize themselves a little bit. Um, you know, I think as, as the standings go right now, I mean, Rutgers, you, you drop a game tonight and don't go anywhere in the standings, Michigan state tied, you know, tied up with them, 
uh, Iowa, I know, was supposed to play tomorrow, right? And that's – is that the game? Or that was last night they were supposed to play? Right. Um, or two nights but ago, now, whatever it was. now it's Wisconsin, who's 4-3, and three, that isn't going to play Northwestern <laughs> tomorrow Saturday. night. So, um, so yeah, so Northwestern stays at 3-3, three and three, uh, missing two games, and they got to make those up. So, I don't know. I think it's still going to be a, a tight race. And someone earlier in the show mentioned just going after that double bye – um obviously important but it's funny how these things shake out man because you get to the tournament and you can have this roller coaster of a year and then it's all skittles and rainbows if you make it to a elite eight or have one good run so i i think back to that ucla team that was a 10 seed in 2021 and first four four straight first four and the first four lost 10 straight or lost four straight Going into the NCAA tournament, they were reeling, and then, lo and behold, make your way to a Final Four. Um, so, who knows? It's crazier things have happened. Um, but I think what you have to do is continue to just be consistent. I think there's less – tonight was upsetting just because of, I think the overall effort and game plan, I think that part of it was upsetting. But maybe less than – like a Missouri game or maybe that Northwestern game, this game tonight doesn't really feel like emblematic of what who this team is. I think we've seen enough over the past four games before this to be like, okay, that's much more of who this team is than what we saw tonight. Tonight was probably just a mix of a lot of things. Uh, Miss layups, free throws, the whole nine. So I don't know. I like I've said, I haven't sensed from the callers that like, this is like a thing where it's like, Oh Yeah. They are who we thought they were. You know, it's it's just it felt like this was kind of tonight, you know, and and they they can obviously try to build on this Tuesday against a Ohio State team that man, if if Indiana was starving for a win tonight, Ohio State's famished. Like they <laughs> they need this one bad. So you're not you know, the hits aren't gonna stop coming, man. Yeah, we didn't get any NIT texts here tonight. So some somebody's asking about tickets coming up maybe for, for Tuesday. Uh, this is a, a 502 texter. So they must still be with, with the team and, and thinking that they can go somewhere. We did get a, a Loyola part two. I'm telling you guys, that ex-girlfriend's gone. She's never going to hurt you again. But if you keep letting her hurt you... I, I I can't do anything about that. But did you say, what, did you say a five hundred two caller? Yeah, coming from I think mean, it's Louisville. Oh, so shout out Kentucky. So yeah, hey, uh, I'm I'm still with this team. It, it was it was a, a a bad day, not a, a bad season. Same same to you two one texter. It's 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 a bad day. It's not it's not a bad year. It's not a, a bad life. I know it's cloudy and gloomy here in Illinois, but the sun in some way or another will come up tomorrow. Joey, tell us what's going on in all the other games around the Big Ten today because it was a busy one. It was a busy day. Four games in the Big Ten today. Talk about a bad day. How about what sounds like a bad game? Mike alluded to the Purdue Minnesota game. And that would be number three, Purdue, going to the barn and beating Minnesota at 61-39. Rock what, fight. What was the first half? I think Minnesota only had teens as far as points. Something I think it was 31-12. Like 31-12, Mike thinks. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to find the score. Let me see. 
trying to navigate the ESPN app here live I've, on the air. I'll take Mike's word for it. No, I've I've had my my argument about the accessibility of that app on this airwaves before. Thirty-one to twelve was the halftime score there. Ooh. Ouch! It's the Big Ten. It's not the. Uh, it's, it's not high school. My goodness. Uh, there were some better games in the Big Ten. How about Michigan State at home against number twenty-three Rutgers? 70-57 win. Rutgers going through kind of a program renaissance right now. You know, best they've been uh, uh, sustaining it. Uh, the Scarlet Knights, they fall tonight. And then Maryland taking down Michigan at home, 64-58. to Big win for the Terps. Neither of those teams ranked, but could be factors down the stretch. Certainly Maryland was ranked earlier this year. Was Michigan in the rankings at all this year? I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. they started the year ranked. And then let's take a look at some top 25 games. Not a ton. We should be able to move through them pretty quick. Already hit on a couple of them. Good one going on now if you've uh, got the ability to flip on FS1. Arizona State hosting number 5, UCLA. 11-16 left in the second half there. Sun Devils on top, 50-47. to So that could that, that's a good Arizona State team that's mm-hmm. found themselves in the rankings this year as well. Uh, the College of Charleston, you talk about a renaissance. Uh, <laughs> just watch it, TV, watch yeah. it here. Tiger Campbell just shoving a guy to the ground. No big deal. That Arizona State game, it's now 53-49. 10-32 left in the second half, updating in real time. <laughs> uh, I mentioned program renaissance, though. How about the College of Charleston? Number 18 in the country, taking the world by storm. They go on the road and beat Monmouth 69-55 to today. So how about uh, Charleston getting it done? And number 24, FAU, I know also has mm-hmm. a lot of people in the mid-major world excited. They went on the road, a 19-point winner against UTSA in San Antonio, 83-64. And, man, a lot of mid-major game. Loyola Marymount goes on the road and beats Gonzaga tonight, 68-67. I believe I saw that's huh. the first time Marymount's beaten Gonzaga since 1991, at least on the road. Wow. So uh, <laughs> that could be a team to watch believe, as the as the going. I believe that going. snapped. I believe that snapped a 76-game home win streak they did. for Gonzaga. Longest in the country. Mm-hmm. Bradley now has the third longest home winning streak in the country. So <laughs> to sneak in a word on the Braves. How about that? And then one Barber. more score. Yeah, go Braves. Uh, 11, uh, number 11, Arizona takes down USC, 81-66. Pac-12 action there. Arizona would be a team to watch, too. Yeah, we got games all over the place. Unexpected ranked teams, as you said, Florida Atlantic, first time ranked in program history. I think the the line was what I saw. And Illinois, probably not going to be ranked next Monday when probably the rankings not. come out. But I tell you, and you guys have touched on this too, uh, tough loss for Illinois tonight. They could have been second in the Big Ten, but it, it, this year overall just has that feeling of a, a crazy year. You know, no one's really running away with it. Uh, so if you can just get into the big dance, you know, you never know. Yeah, I mean, UConn's losing games. They were up to number two. You, you've got Gonzaga losing at home to teams that they just don't lose to. It's it's a wild year of college basketball. For so sure. We'll stay locked in. Thanks for the update, Joey. We'll get in one call here before we pick out our Tapman's towing play of the game. Cyrus is over in Urbana. What do you got, Cyrus? Mike, this is a little bit of a putting you on the spot question, so I'll understand if if you're not able to quickly answer it. Um, was this was tonight maybe the first big win for Indiana since they lost Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson? And then the follow up to that would be, if that is the case, can you speculate a little bit on how good this Indiana team can be when those two players return? if indeed they are expected to return. I'll hang up and listen to your response. 
to answer the first question, yes. Uh, you know, Xavier Johnson goes down against Kansas uh, on December 17th. And, and then Race Thompson goes down on the 5th of January at Iowa. Since then, there are two wins since Race Thompson went down were Wisconsin, who's a little depleted. Um, Tyler Wall didn't play in that game either. But yeah, tonight was probably their their biggest win. And how dangerous they can be when Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson come back. Look, I actually think they're a better team when Jalen Hood Shafino's kind of has the keys. <laughs> um and and a lot of times less can be more. We've seen that, right? Some kind of sometimes guys' departures or guys being out, it 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 opens things up for a guy like Jordan Geronimo to just be a guy that probably complements Trace Jackson Davis a little bit better than Race Thompson does. Um, I think Race Thompson is a tremendous player, but Jordan Geronimo is a guy that is super low maintenance, doesn't need the ball, can roam around that dunker spot, short corner. And I actually feel like this version of this Indiana team uh, can be really good. Um, now, Race Thompson coming back, if it's only Race that comes back, then I think they're fine. But Xavier Johnson coming back, I think, starts to bring in probably too many cooks hmm. into the kitchen. Um because Huchifino's, I mean, he's an he's an NBA player. He'll be gone this year, um, and him in high ball screens and also complements Trace Jackson Davis extremely well. And he's shooting, I think, forty two percent, forty three percent from three, and um, that's higher than I think a guy like Xavier Johnson would shoot. Even though I think Xavier Johnson was kind of randomly pretty high from three, thirty seven percent this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are good questions because this is a team that, if they do get healthy, can kind of emerge and 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 potentially turn a corner. Um, I don't know what to make of of teams' schedules, right? Like, I feel like before, maybe years ago, you could be like, "Oh, they got this, they got this," but like, I don't know what to make of any Big Ten team right now. So I can't even tell you like they have a hard schedule or they have an easy schedule. <laughs> um, so I mean, I guess you could say, I mean, if they played Minnesota five times to finish the season, then I could tell you it's an easy schedule. But right now, I, I don't know, because Ohio State's a mess, but have talent. Um, you know, Rutgers is obviously good. They just dropped one Michigan State game to game. You don't know really what you're going to expect with them, but they're super talented and experienced. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's valid to think that if they get healthy, they can, you know, they can probably turn it on here late. They only really played about seven guys, eight-ish guys, and they probably didn't really need to. And when you got a big guy that, that plays 35 minutes, that, that frees up some stuff, and you start adding guys in, we, we see what that does to the rotation. So maybe the little tire rotation working for Indiana, Illinois. With, with Meyer being sick, as we said earlier, played six minutes in the second half. I don't think he played at all the, the last ten minutes. Uh wasn't wasn't really the the rotation that we saw. Not a whole lot from Ty Rogers. He got a tough assignment in the first half, and then we didn't see a, a whole lot from him. So uh, Illinois looking forward to the couple days off, and then back to game prep for Ohio State on Sunday. That game's on Tuesday. The prep begins on Sunday. Let's pick out our Tapman's towing play of the game. Car won't start after the game. Call two one seven three two eight twenty four twenty four for the most trusted roadside service in downstate Illinois. Tapman's towing, or visit online at tapmanstowing.com. Haven't got to. 
do a whole lot of positives here. So let's, uh, wow, I wrote that backwards on the, the highlight sheet here. But uh, I, I was thinking we could give R.J. Melendez our Tatman's towing play of the game for sure. the slam dunk that he had towards the end of the first half. I, I think Terrence Shannon stole that ball, and, and then he hit a three. Of course, they gave up a, a bucket in between there. That's kind of the, the story of the game, but uh, as for the play of the game, as it pertains to the Illini, I'm leaning towards R.J. Melendez off the bench. Roll tape. All right, R.J. Melendez gets our <laughs> Tatman's towing play of the game. Hopefully, I, I didn't lay out my rubric, but uh, this is what we're going with. Dribble drive in the lane, stripped by Shannon. Two on one, three on one, Melendez! And that's a the slam! Goodness, Melendez explodes to the rim. Here is Shannon, guarded by Miller Cop. Rolls to the right. Back to Melendez. Ball fake. Top of the key for three. Good. That'll do it for the half. RJ Melendez. Well, and I cut it to 10 before the half, but they lose it by 15 80 65. That's our Tapman's towing play of the game. Fasteners, etc. Post game show got our keys and not a whole lot left. Here is Shannon. Pass inside. Hawkins runs the baseline and he slams it in. Hawkins with a basket. Didn't hear a whole lot from Coleman Hawkins tonight. Nine points, five rebounds. I think he had a steal or two in there as well. He did have two steals. Played 38 minutes, but the Illini fall to 500 in the Big Ten, four and four through eight games here after the loss to Indiana. Coming up towards the end here on the Fasters Etc. postgame show, Michael Tulip, Evan Kahn with you. And a uh, Texter pointing out for the entire game, for 40 minutes, Illinois only had nine fouls. I think that, that kind of points to the lack of physicality on the Illini side. And I also wonder, I, I, I know they don't listen to me, but I imagine since Northwestern, it's kind of been a point of emphasis is to, to play defense without fouling. And, and sometimes you can overcorrect the other way and you just kind of become pedestrian on the defensive end yeah yeah I think that's that's fair it's, but it is it is really hard to follow when guys are just kind of laying it in <laughs> around the rim with with no resistance yeah. um so yeah I mean that's a positive I guess um I will say this though because you mentioned Coleman Hawkins I'm in no way shape or form and I want to make this clear. I'm in no way, shape, or form blaming Coleman Hawkins for this loss. But how you get a haircut in the middle of a winning streak, I is beyond me. That's like a car. That's a cardinal sin. You cannot. You just cannot do that. I saw. I saw it tonight, and I got. I started getting a little nervous because, <laughs> man, I just. And I actually thought I saw a picture of him. I think he got that today oh. because I saw a picture of him. Last night at the women's game. Oh yeah, and it was you know he had the 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 Verizal going. Um, <laughs> you keep that. You keep that until the streak ends, man. That's yeah. That was honestly that's that's uh that's on his teammates too. Someone's <laughs> got to get in his ear. 
Like I'm trying, I'm trying to end this on a light note here, but someone's got to get in his ear, man. Like you see him walk, you're driving down the street, you see him walking into the barbershop, you get out of your car, you give him a ride home and say, want a four game winning streak, man. Let's finish this out. That's the perfect segue into our keys to the game brought to you by Game Day Spirit, the best Key selection. Key to the game. Don't get a haircut when you're on a four-game winning streak. University of Illinois Apparel Game Day Spirit and brought to you by Hickory Point Bank with roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community. Hickory Point Bank invested. Yeah, you, you stole the thunder there. I mean, just don't ignore the superstitions. I mean, that's that's number one key for, for any game. But just kind of coming back to, to what we've been talking about, just uh, the lack of mental, mental focus and the want that you saw from Indiana, those are, are my keys to the game. You're missing layups, you're missing free throws. Uh, the, those aren't good things. And you're, I, I think they, they were also letting the defensive end affect them on the offensive end, and you got to keep those separate. you got to play the same way on both ends, and I don't think – the line I really put together uh, 94 feet uh, of good basketball for much of tonight, and that's why they got the loss. Yeah, we touched on a lot of it. I think my biggest key to tonight is being able to honestly assess yourself against these types of bigs in the conference. Uh, I think that's huge key tonight. Uh, I think you can go back and look at the film and – the hope is that as a staff, you're not stubborn and say that it wasn't Ter- Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I like to think that it kind of was, uh, but it all goes back to that deception that I talked about. It's not about concocting this perfect game plan. He's too good of a player. Like you're not going to have a perfect game plan against him, but what you, what you can have is getting him second guessing. And that comes with deception. Am I coming on the stunt? Am I not? Are we trapping? Are we not? And at least you make them process something other than can I put ball into basket uh, on a possession. So that's the key is how can we honestly assess this game? What are we taking from it? What, What do we throw out? What do we throw in the trash? And what do we build upon? And that's what you do every game, but especially in a game like this where you play your first real 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 post threat like a like a post threat that the team is going to play through it's the first one of a few in this league and you should learn some things about yourself moving forward those are keys to the game brought to you by hickory point bank and by game day spirit coming up if you want to get your final thoughts in on this one i hope that's a that's a good sign for rj and uh you know he's competing. He made shots. He had a big one before the half, and, yeah. and it was a hard shot. And and um, you know RJ's capable of that one, and and we know that. And he hasn't been doing that, but uh, hopefully this is something that'll uh, spark him and get him going. A little bit of a bright spot for the Illini in this loss tonight. Back here, coming up on the end of the Fasteners Etc. post-game show, R.J. Melendez shoots two of three from beyond the arc, finishes with 10 points, four rebounds in 22 minutes for the Illini here. And, uh, yeah, as, as far as positives go, it's kind of hard to see. I had a caller earlier mention Sincere Harris, always bringing that dog you know he's gonna do that also his 
customary visit with the trainer during the game. So you can put that on your bingo card for this Illinois season. Terrence Shannon got 26 points, um, but it was more just him getting buckets, trying to to get the team back into it. It wasn't really with in the the flow of much offense or, or anything like that. So good for the points. Kind of tough that it was all in an effort to come back because Illinois trailed for 36 minutes and 29 seconds of this ball game, and they fall. 80 to 65. Uh, I'm going to click a refresh here on the text line if you guys want to get any last minute thoughts or if you want to call in. I know it's late, so we're going to get ready to go to bed. Fasteners, etc. Post game show ends next. Shannon, right wing three is good. Shannon for the three. His third of the game. Down low to Hawkins. Whips it out top. Shannon Harris dribbles in. Jump pass out top. Shannon wouldn't shoot the three. Shannon on Galloway. Step back. Got it. 4-3. Terrence Shannon keeping the Illini afloat. There's a few of those flurry of threes for Terrence Shannon Jr. 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. For the Illini, he gets the team high 26. Terrence Jackson Davis, though, game high 35. RMX electrifying player of the game. And Indiana gets the win. Illinois now 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten, 13-6 overall, Mike. And as we've said, uh, Ohio State's going to come in here. Illinois got a little bit of time off over the next few days and they'll get ready for Ohio State who needs a win and now Illinois is going to need a win because you got to get back on the winning track and uh, two losses at home in the Big Ten play kind of puts you behind the eight ball it does it does and I'll I'll tie this all together we'll come full circle if you didn't hear me at the top of the show you're playing one of two teams in this league you're playing a team that's rolling or a team that badly needs a win and now, I, I mean, you could argue that there's going to be two teams on Tuesday that badly need a win. I mean, if Illinois wants to stay in it, wants to keep pace or at least stay within somewhat of the, of the you know, Purdue's looking in their rearview mirror. You want to at least see a line eye in the distance behind you a little bit. Uh, and then Ohio State is just, hey, man, I, you got you to gotta win this game if you're them. But first things first, Chris Holtman cannot keep wearing that vest that he wears. <laughs> it's the same. I mean, he's like a cartoon character. He wears the same thing every game. It's like a, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's you, you it's can't... the same button up with this black vest over the top. I don't know. I mean, he literally wears it every game, and I gotta think he switches it up coming we... into. State Farm Center. This is expert analysis that we're giving you here at the uh, at twelve forty six Eastern Time uh, here from Indy. Would you <laughs> would you do the creative coach? You only get one outfit. Lorenzo von Matterhorn. Right now, I, I've got him wearing the same sweater vest for ten years. So, so some of these guys, you, you can't change their stripes. But uh, Ohio State's on a, a losing streak. Illinois not on a losing streak, but coming off of a loss. Looking to go back to the drawing board and figure it out next Tuesday. And uh, we'll do it all right here. Look at that. A 6 o'clock tip. So that means we'll get going with the Ryan Dallas Real Estate pregame show at 4 o'clock. 
tip off at 6, and then we'll be back for the post-game show, and we'll get you to bed before the next day on Tuesday. How does that sound, Mike? We'll see. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll see what the Illini can do, and we'll be back to, to break it all down. So, Mike, thank you. Go get some shut-eye. Appreciate you always helping us out breaking it down. Thank you, Joey Wright, behind the scenes, handling the calls and texts and all of the technical stuff, and appreciate the listeners, the callers, the texters. We will talk to you again on Tuesday, or if you want to come back, we'll, we'll have some funky Friday Sports Talk fun tomorrow here as well. Good night. So long. Couldn't get you a better result, but we'll try it again on Tuesday. Peace. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.